Welcome once again to Wrestling Daft, the Marks, uh, hailing from Larbert, weighing in at 183 pounds. Yep, the pounds are flying back on. I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft, host of this show. And with me, a man who's bigger than the list of COVID restrictions at the moment, it's Big Alex. But am I more confusing than the list of COVID restrictions right now? I am totally confused, right? Because the kids aren't allowed in other people's houses, but yet they were allowed to go trampoline this afternoon. I'm really confused by and that. And they can go into another building filled with lots of them from lots of different households. Yes. Every day for most of the day. But I'm in Fourth Valley, so I can't get to the pub. Um, every, anyone up for a trip to Fife this weekend? I know that's totally against COVID. <laughs> oh, I don't think I don't think it's even worth it, is it? I mean, it's Fife, yeah, right. Enough. Sorry if you're listening in the Fife region. I apologise <laughs> for that. Uh, now let's welcome to the show a man who's getting heat on Twitter as people can't understand his accent. It's inside the ropes, lead writer Gary Cassidy. I um, I've noticed that uh, having my interviews now weirdly on a channel that's um run by someone from glasgow people now can't understand my accent apart from like the fact that i was on a channel that was run by indian people before when they could understand my accent so maybe maybe i'm actually indian that's uh, that's my <laughs> takeaway for this week maybe or maybe my accent is just horrible for anyone to understand who knows <laughs> it's not gary Casty, it's just gary singh can we call you Mr. Singh for the rest of the episode, or is that going to get a little bit racist? Well, the Bollywood boys are now back to being called the Bollywood boys, so... Um, well, they need to get tag team somewhere. Aye, <laughs> Singh bros need to be replaced somewhere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so I need to start off the show with an apology, and I apologise profusely to somebody who got in touch with us via Twitter, Stevie Lynch, um, who says, can John stop saying fucking every two seconds on the pad podcast? <laughs> Dane my tits in. Don't mind a wee sweary now and again, but the big man was putting the Sopranos to shame. Uh, yeah, I, I had to step in for, for Rab on the main podcast last week because he had toothache and I went a wee bit overboard thinking I, I, I need to swear like Rab. Uh, so apologies <laughs> uh, to Stevie. I will make sure the language is curbed on this show today. So sorry about that. Um, so that's the apology out of the way. Uh, let's talk about the WWE draft that happened over SmackDown and Raw the last kind of few days. Alex, initial thoughts on the draft? My one my one worry is, are we going to jump straight into Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns or are they just going to continue Seth Rollins versus no. Dominic Mysterio? They're both heels. Surely we wouldn't get yeah, that. Come yeah. on, but they could turn one of them. Like, I really want us to get Seth Rollins Biggie for the next wee while. I think that's the the money rivalry. I'd be up for that. Are we going to get like? Are we going to get updated lists of what ranking everyone's in? Because now SmackDown's lost its number one babyface, Jeff Hardy, over to Raw. I'm now intrigued to know what position on Raw Jeff Hardy is in terms. They of lost one, two, faces. and three. Because Strowman's oh, middle and uh, Hardy all went, so one, two, and three are all gone. <laughs> so I'll just run over what's happened, just in case you haven't kept up with, with what's been going on over the last uh, week. Sorry, I just dived straight into my oh, questionable draft okay, of okay. Seth Rollins, that was all. Absolutely. Um, so in uh, Raw, I have gained AJ Styles, Naomi, The Miz, John Morrison, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods, and Tucker, that was on night one. While SmackDown went the other way, they had Seth Rollins, Bianca Belair, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, and Murphy. Night two, Raw got Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, Matt Riddle, Jeff Hardy, Alexa Bliss, Elias, Lacey Evans, Sheamus, and Nikki Cross. 
Correct me if any of this is wrong, Gary. And SmackDown got the Street Profits, Kevin Owens, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Apollo Crews, Alistair Black, Natalia, the Riot Squad, Billy Kay, and Selena Vega, which means there's two free agents as far as we've worked out, which are, Alex, can you guess who the free agents are? One of them's Mickey James, because I saw her complaining on Twitter. One of them's Mickey James, and the other one is Andrade. Hmm, that's an interesting one. Where did Garza go? Garza is remaining on Raw. Raw. But then they moved Zelina to SmackDown. Because uh, husband-wife thing, isn't it? Because obviously they've moved Black, which is a great shout. I think Black going to SmackDown is one of the most positive things of the draft, actually. Um, that is, that's a bit strange, isn't it? Because Andrade, I mean, he lost on Monday to Garza, but he's been a big deal for a while. And his association with Charlotte Flair probably should bump him up the card a wee bit if you know WWE's booking crews. I wonder if that's why they're holding on for Charlotte's return, just working out where they're going to put her, actually. Well, Charlotte was drafted. Charlotte was drafted to Rome. Right, so so, Jim, there's maybe a storyline. There's maybe a storyline reason for for them doing it. Um, Gary, who are you excited? I mean, where do you think initially the first kind of big, with that shake-up, where the big feuds are going? He's kind of mentioned their Rollins um, going at it with Big E. Anybody else that you quite fancy getting set to? each other oh i'm not sure how popular this is going to be because we've seen them a lot but i think we'll see kevin Owens, sammy zane yet again i think that is definitely going to happen they're both on smackdown um, oh but that's the reverse face heel dynamic we've not I, seen heel zane against face owens so i think like it's Bags Bailey that. again i so i, I yeah. think that's brilliant but for me i just think uh smackdown man they, they could cycle the main event seen for now until eternity with who they've got because they've got Reigns, Rollins, Big E, uh, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens obviously is is no quite a any any type of small figure, Alistair Black, you've got a load of names there and that's not even counting like Jey Uso who's in the title picture now, uh, so I think Smackdown looks absolutely brilliant. The one weird thing is um, Raw Underground got mentioned because a lot of people get drafted but they didn't mention yeah, I noticed well. that because like Babacato <laughs> came up and stuff, didn't he? And like Riddick Moss got drafted from Raw Underground. I didn't realise they had an official Raw Underground roster. And also, um, if the argument, and I don't think it is yet, but if the argument is that Mickey James didn't get drafted because she's injured, Riddick Moss just tore his ACL. So, <laughs> oh, but he's Riddick that. Moss. He's an he's an ex twenty four seven champion. This, yeah, well, you just need to have priorities, mate. It's, uh, I, I think um, another good move um, that I think is definitely the right way to go as Elias going to Raw. I think that's one that will fly under the radar, but three hours, I think he's, and this is going to sound daft, but I think we've missed even just that five minutes that he's in the ring at the most, doing like the banter with the crowd. I think even with the Thunderdome there is going to be great, so I think that's a great addition to Raw. I can't wait to see Elias back. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of him as well. Um, If, and this is a big if, well, we've, we say if every time, if Drew retains Against Randy Orton at Hell in the Cell. Um, who do you think his next challenger is? The name that kind of jumps out for me is Braun Strowman. I don't know oh. why, but I can just... I can they just do like feeding him to the main event, don't they? Yeah. I'm going to give you a worse shout. I think it's going to be The Fiend. <laughs> you think so? No, I don't think Drew versus Fiend is going to be any good. No, I don't And then think you're going so to either. need to put a woman with Drew to like match for the bliss. Oh, Nikki Cross came across as well. John, I think you <laughs> called it because they put Cross with McIntyre. It's everything is falling into place. Yeah, I kind of have to agree with Gary after that. Yeah, I hope no, because I think they should just... I actually really like what they're doing with the Fiend. No, I don't think it's too detrimental to him to have him only being like... He's essentially Alexa Bliss's sidekick at this point. I don't think it's too detrimental to have that. I think I'd rather that than him in another title picture. 
So I really hope no, yeah. but who knows, Randy Orton and Drew might just continue for here to, 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 until eternity because they fought for three hours last night on Raw, apparently, since they were in the opening segment fighting and the end segment fighting. So <laughs> who knows? Let's get some good cardio right there. Some yeah, good. that'll be interesting. I mean, I, I mean, I guess they've got, in terms of the, the tag teams is the one, you know, just to make kind of mention it there. It's like... <sighs> The, the tag division is just so weak on both. You look at both brands, you go, God, it's it's weak on both sides, isn't it? The, the other really thing is we're missing Street Profits New Day, which we could have got Street Profits New Day if they just unify the damn titles. Yeah. Maybe they still will. I think that's one they could eventually come back to at Survival Series if they realise that, oh, that's not that far away, but if they realise things only gone great. But there's only about three tag teams on each brand so you're just going to be cycling the same especially with like heel face dynamic they always do with tag teams you're just going to be cycling the same match and and yet they spot up heavy machinery as well and put tucker on raw and otis on smackdown very strange right and like they've separated otis now from mandy and from tucker It, it seems a bit crazy that he's got none of the little bits on the side that gave him all the good story well not that i'm He's more than that, I know, but obviously that helps a lot. So, like, what's left of Otis once you remove Tucker and Mandy Rose? I'm not but, sure. But does he try and cash in on Raw to be reunited with Tucker and Mandy? There, there's a there's a potential for you. I'd also go in the opposite direction. I really like the guy as a wrestler, but what's left for Tucker when he's not got Otis? That's uh, yeah, all underground. <laughs> 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 so yeah no interesting uh, draft we'll see how it pans out and we'll see where, where the storyline goes but yeah it was a bit of a strange one for me um so yeah we'll know that get into that a bit more when we come to the bunny and putting over stuff from the big shows a bit later on and um, we'll once again be on the wrestling daft draft and heading to fantasy booking island to find out who bet the best new title and i have to say it was a landslide this week so we'll get to that in a bit and um, we'll be finding out how the g1 is going with big alex as we once again go turning japanese but first let's cut a promo i have a lot of things i want to get off my chest right hand me that mic it's time to go tonto yet again because I want this week, and I've went for pure wrestling this week, I want to talk about inconsistency in wrestling. Now, yeah. Oh, come on, we've seen Lana go through a table every week for the past four weeks. There's That's been a week's consistent. There. <laughs> Is it consistent when she then becomes the number one contender on the fourth week of going through a table, though? Well, there you go. Um, like, as wrestling fans, we like to suspend belief, you know. We, we buy into the kayfabe. We love all that, but it just sometimes takes the piss, doesn't it? So this is what kind of brought it to my attention. A few weeks ago, cast your mind back to SmackDown when Sheamus did a white noise through a windscreen on Big E, which sent him to the hospital. He was ruled out for a couple of weeks. Yet here we are this week on SmackDown in a street fight, the same move, and he kicked out at fucking two. (laughs) Sorry, I just swore there to Stevie. Um, But come on now. What this, I don't mind inconsistency because there's explanation behind it. You know, I don't mind that. You know, we, we again, you look back to like Saudi Arabia last year when it was Seth Rollins versus The Fiend and nothing could pin The Fiend. Nothing could pin The Fiend. 100 curb stomps, chairs, tables, baseball bats, bazookas, armoured tanks. Nothing could pin them. But yet... Now a couple of spears and he's getting put down for three. 
Right, you know, it's just the inconsistency. Now, I don't mind it if it is explained, but let's, wrestling, let's start being consistent. Let's start working things out. Let's start, you know, playing kayfabe a bit better, okay? So that's just what I want to talk about this week. Inconsistency in wrestling. It's existed for decades, but it's time to get it right. Let's jump on a flight. Um, no, we can't really do that now, can we? Anyway, let's jump on a boat. No, we can't do that either. You can um, as long as it's just the three of us. It's just us on the boat, and then we have to sail our way there. Okay, well, we'll just the three of us will jump on the wrestling daft raft. See how we tie it <laughs> there. I don't know if we can socially distance on that, sadly. That's all thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway, let's just head to Japan uh, and uh, do some cosplay, dress up as Ryu from Street Fighter, and turn Japanese as we once again look at what's been happening on the G1 this week. I have, however, before we go into the feature, another wrestling catchphrase translated into Japanese, and you two have got to try and guess what it is. You ready? So Never, Tita, but go for it. Tita, sorry, wagiron no yoshiganai. So Shita, sorry, wagiron no yoshiganai. I'm better than you, and you know it? Nope. Can we have it once again, please? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so Shiti, sorry. This isn't going to help you, Alex, is it? No, no I just think it's funny listening to you yeah. talk Japanese. Okay. So, shiti sorry, ba geron no yoshi naganai. Yanai. Maybe. No. No. <laughs> and that is undisputed. Oh, my God, it sounded so much longer. I did, didn't it? It did. I hate that catchphrase. That's t- they have to end every promo on, and that is undisputed. Stop it. Stop it. You don't need to do it. Anyway. And most of the stuff can be disputed as well. So it's not it is, exactly. Correct. Exactly, Adam. <laughs> you can't dispute that. Let's, let's have an argument. Let's have a proper debate about this. We'll dispute that. Thank you very much, Mr. Paul. Um, before we move on, however, Alex, into the G1, we want to hear all about it. Regular correspondent to Turning Japanese, Neil Gow, has been back in touch. Here he says, this week, he says, despite my comments the other week, and much to my horror, I'm going to have to agree with Alex and say that Jay White has actually been pretty damn impressive recently and not just a massive arsehole. (laughs) It's probably helped that he's lost a couple of times, which has given some variety to his matches. But at this point, as much as it pains me to say it, I'd actually be all right right with him winning the whole thing. I haven't even had a beer. It was was good. Slowly but surely turning him Jay White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good hearing Kenny from Inside the Ropes as well. I'm not overly familiar with the site, but it sounds great. So I went ahead and subbed to their magazine to fill that power slam shaped hole that's been present for far too long. If you missed it, Kenny uh, McIntosh from Inside the Ropes, Gary's new gaffer, was on talking about the magazine. Um, So you can get that on if you head to insidetheropes.com now. Anyway, Hopefully many others have done the same and it's as accessible as it deserves to be. So there you go, bigging up Kenny and Inside the Ropes. And he also adds, Alex absolutely has to make a point of Kevin Kelly's destino call at the end of the Juice Robinson versus Naito match. It sounded like he was about to break into song. Alex, would you like to comment on Kevin Kelly's destino call? Have you ever heard a Kevin Kelly destino call? No. Would you like to hear in a terrible, terrible impression that we may need to edit out of the podcast at the end of it? Yes. 
Destino! That was awful, but you kind of get the point. There we go. So, yeah, so good shit for the Destino call. What has been happening in the G1? Because Neil wants to know. Okay, so we're, we're getting up to the final couple of days. So rather than talk through what's happened, I thought we'd kind of prepare for this final segment of the G1. Okay. Things get a little bit confusing as we have to start taking into consideration who's beat who and so on and so forth so we can start to build up a table. Right. So I'll talk you through block A, block B, what's happened, where we stand and where I think it's going to go. Right. So I'll talk you through the top four competitors from each block because the others have essentially been eliminated through points, basically. So in block A, our top four are Kazuchika Okada, Kota Ibushi, Jay White and Will Ospreay. Now, night 15 happened about a couple of hours before we recorded. And in my notes here, um, it was an interesting second last night, actually, because those four, none of them were facing each other. They all were facing separate opponents. So I just assumed all of them were going to win, which almost was the case, but Osprey lost. So Osprey is now technically two points behind the others. The other really interesting thing that happened was we had a serious bit of Bullet Club dissension. So we had the aforementioned lovely, lovely Jay White up against Yujiro Takahashi with the idea that Takahashi should be laying down for Jay White because he's in Bullet Club. And so like Jay White came out in like his sweatpants and stuff. And um, basically, yeah, and so like Takahashi kicked out and they ended up having a match. So we're starting to see a lot of the Bullet Club dissension, which means they might be building to White versus Evil. But we'll get to that. So um, this leaves us with a final night of... um, I've written it. Where has it gone? Of Ibushi versus Taichi, Okada versus Osprey, and Ishii versus Jay White. So how I think this is going to go, we're going to start the night off with Okada, Ibushi, and Jay White all tied on points and Osprey two behind them. So my logic is that Ibushi beats Taichi to go up to uh, 14 points. Then I reckon Osprey's going over Okada. Originally, I thought it was going to be the other way around, but because Osprey lost last night, I think he's going to get a big win over Akada, so they end up drawn on points, which is going to push us into the last match, which is going to be Jay White versus Ishii, which essentially, with the way everything works, uh, if you draw on points, it goes to count back. And so it depends on who beat who in their match. And basically, Jay White has beaten Kota Ibushi in this tournament. So it would go down to that final match of White having to beat Ishii to win the group. And if he doesn't win, then Ibushi wins the group. So that is prediction number one, which hopefully should work out like that. So Jay White, you reckon, is going to win the group then? I think Jay White's going to win the group, yes. My second call would be Ibushi. I don't think it's going to be Okada or Osprey. I don't think Osprey can now because he's lost to... I think he lost to Ibushi, did he? I've got it written down. Yeah, Osprey lost to Ibushi and beat Jay. So if Osprey wins and Ibushi loses, then Osprey still can win. So who do we think is going to face Jay White in the final then? So for B-Block... Your top four are Tetsuya Naito, Evil, Zack Sabre Jr. and Sonada. Now, this is, I think it's tomorrow is the day. So they're all drawn up on your 10 points. So the matches that are going on tomorrow is we have the big one to pay attention to is my man Toriyano is up against Tetsuya Naito. And I think Toriyano beats Naito tomorrow night, which essentially makes it very unlikely that Naito wins the group because he's lost to both Sonada and to evil so it means if they tie on points they would go ahead which should bring us into a final night of uh 
Tanahasi versus Zack Sabre Jr. I don't think Zack's going to quite win this group, but he'll do very well as he normally does. Then we have Naito versus Kenta. So this is be an interesting one because of the Bullet Club situation, which I can see Naito winning that to end up on 12 points. And then the final match is Evil versus Sonada, which I think will be the winner of that match goes up against Jay White. So it depends which way they're going to go with the storyline. If they're going to have the Bullet Club Civil War kick off and have Jay White versus Evil, or the other option, the more likely option, is I think we're going to get Jay White Sonada with Sonada actually potentially going over to have the Lawson and Globernabes storyline. That would be the backup. But I think it'll be Jay White for the win uh, over Sonada in the final. Then we'll get Evil versus Sonada feuding together up until Wrestle Kingdom and then post-Wrestle Kingdom, a world champion Jay White feuding with Evil in a full Bullet Club Civil War situation. That's Alex's pre-G1 convictions uh, uh, predictions. So we'll see how wrong that is come next week. Well, next week we'll find out exactly what happened at the G1. Really looking forward to it. When's the final, Alex, then? I think it's this weekend. I can't remember what dates it is because the last three days we've got left. So we've got the last four days, sorry. We've got the last three nights worth of the blocks and then the final night. Yeah, okay. We'll find out who's won the G1 when we speak to you again next Tuesday. But until that time... Cyan. Right, let's get down to trying to sell you more stuff from wrestling daft by getting you on board to our Patreon service, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. It's where you need to head if you want more content from us. Up there, you'll get lots of stuff, including the video version of this show, the video version of the main show with Rab and Gredo. You get the chance to get t-shirts. Uh, you get invites to put some pay-per-view parties. You get to vote on the list of wrestling daft. You get to vote on Fantasy Booking Island. There is so much stuff up there right now, uh, and you can get it all just by signing up to various tiers. It'll start off at three quid a month, then you get up to seven quid, then you get up to an upper tier, which is 15 quid. Lots of different things in each tier, but lots of great content for you to get stuck in about. And you'll get it all just by signing up. I think there's about 100 odd, 150 odd posts you can access up there now. Um, so get involved, patreon.com forward slash wrestling that. Um, thanks to everyone that's got on board with it. We really appreciate you getting signed up. You know what, Rab and Grado, we do this for nothing because we are just big wrestling fans. We just like to sit down and we like to talk about Wrestling. Uh, but Rab We've got Grado, nothing else better to do on a Tuesday. Exactly. Rab and Grado, they're, they're the, the kind of, the, you know, we've kept this podcast going thanks to you guys on Patreon. Though I have to say, I have to laugh, right? Unfortunately, obviously, the situation we're in at the moment due to COVID, a lot of people have had to pull off Patreon, and that's understandable. A lot of people losing jobs and what have you. So, you know, having to not pay for a wrestling thing, you know, that doesn't take priority. But I do have to laugh because we get an exit survey for everyone that uh, leaves Patreon. So usually it'll be something like my financial situation changed or I didn't like the rewards I was receiving. I don't understand that one. But this one made me laugh. Somebody left the Patreon and says, I didn't like the constant AEW bashing. Thought it was unwarranted and undeserved. And as a huge AEW fan, I can't support this podcast. As the AEW mark of this podcast, where is all this AEW bashing? I don't know. 
I, I'm not aware yeah. of this. I don't think I've even heard it on the main show at all. No, I don't think so. I mean, we, we rip on JR every week, and I'll admit I do sometimes uh, put up two berries, but it's only because I'm really critical because I love that, it. That's it, Alex. No berries for now on. Yeah, I've got two oh, this week. Sure. That's the worst part. <laughs> I, I did pretty much shit on JR uh, the other week there, didn't I? On the dafties, so maybe it was me to blame. Or maybe it's the fact that Grado works, doesn't have a fucking clue. He doesn't even know what AEW is. So maybe it was that. So apologies if we've been uh, ragging on AEW. Alex certainly hasn't. Gary hasn't. You know, but um, blame Grado. Blame Grado. Blame the Exactly. So thank you for uh, being a patron. And if you want to get involved, like all the hundreds of other people are up there, please do right now. We'd love to welcome you to the roster. Get on board now. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling that. Every week, we like to take a look back at the big wrestling shows and separate the good from the bad as we bury and put over stuff from the shows. Alex does AEW, I do NXT, Gary does Raw, and usually we have a guest mark on to do SmackDown. We don't have one this week, however. I don't know why no one was up for it this week, so we'll just be splitting it up between us because I think we've all started watching SmackDown. It's unbelievable. Gary's up watching it because that's where all the good wrestling seems to be happening. Um, but let's cross over, first of all, to Wednesday nights and AEW Dynamite with Big Alex. Which was well, terrible as always, we should add. Yeah, it was an awful, it was an awful <laughs> show. But before we start, I have something I need to say here, guys. Weenies. You were both weenies. Oh, my God. I, saw I, I, couldn't, I couldn't resist. I saw this bit. Now... I get like I hope this. I don't know if this is in your buddies or what, Alex. But it's like, see when you tell a bad joke, and then kind of over the Yeah, I was just gonna gloss over it this week and just kind of not mention it, <laughs> it because it, shit, it's no good. But we had an all right show. Like I think Gary pointed out on Twitter that Mac ja- uh, sorry that Matt Jackson doesn't know how to watch a TV and stands at a very <laughs> peculiar angle when he does so. And uh, we had a very, and the only thing stranger than that was the Jericho Triple X special, which I thought was just really weird, perfect personally. So we had the appearances of the usual crew. So we had the big sports stars. We had Shaq. We had his dad. We had Kevin Smith coming in from Hollywood. And of course, we had the usual plethora of rock and roll talent, including the Matt. This is how he described, introduced himself, I would like to add, the powerful and attractive Gene Simmons. And we also had Slash, which but no Duff McKagan, which is really weird considering that Duff McKagan and Jericho are like good pals and McKagan's on his podcast every week doing a joke. So I don't understand that bit personally. But we did get a bunch of wrestling appearances that got us all marking out a little bit. So to start off with, we had Billy Ray, which is, of course, the connection to ROH. And then Gary would have no doubt got very, very excited when Don Callis Don appeared. Callis. Yep. <laughs> and then I got even more excited when Hiroshi Tanahashi appeared in front of a giant New Japan logo. And they proceeded to mention New Japan about three or four times throughout the rest of the night. They showed the US heavyweight belt during the Archer uh, Moxley Pro stuff. And JR even pronounced his name correctly. So <laughs> yeah, he put a bit of effort in. It was, it was, it was strange. And I'm pretty sure Excalibur even mentioned Ghetto on commentary. So they were all down on their New Japan stuff. But uh, do we think there is a New Japan relationship going to start with you? If if ROH has gone down the tube, then 
that's then there's no reason it wouldn't. I think that's the big thing that's always stopped it. And it mm-hmm. seems that like your Brody Kings, your Flip Gordons, they now seem to have got New Japan of America contracts because they're wrestling and strong every week. So not 100% sure. It's either that or it's AEW being absolutely brilliant at reading the news online and going, let's feel these flames a wee bit because we'll get a load more attention if we do. So either way, <laughs> there's, there's the cynical journalist. There's the cynical journalist. Just get that, get that rumor mill going. Well, I mean, they do that quite a lot. And like these are, they say it themselves, they're producers that know their audience. So they know what to put in that gets us all to pop. So, yeah. Um, but yes, on to the first bury. I have to bury the end of the Jericho Triple X special because it was just a bit weird and I'm not really sure what direction they're going in with it or if they've started officially started this MGF Jericho feud. It just kind of felt that, like a bit of a wet fart the ending for me, personally. Aye, it was for me the weakest part of the show, which is not something I would ever say about a Jericho segment ever. So, and the ma- why they had the match before, like they had the match uh, before the celebration, so you knew that Jericho was never losing. And they tried to get over Chaos Project, which don't get me wrong, they're a good little team, but I don't think Luther Jericho is a particular feud for anyone if you're not Luther or Jericho. So, but on the upside, I am going to give Jericho a put over for being very nearly fifty and pulling out a lion salt. So, <laughs> swings and roundabouts, swings and roundabouts. But the second bury, right? So this is something that's been annoying me for a couple of weeks, and this is nothing particular to this show, but it's particular to the way they are currently advertising AEW Heels, which for anyone who's not aware is their new community they're trying to get off the ground for women who like professional wrestling. And their current way of advertising it is having three white men with a combined average age of about 50 talk about it. So, I mean, if you're a 20-year-old woman, is something that JR suggests to you going to be cool? Probably not. And Maybe also change. the fact that, and I, I I quite like the idea because it is like a women's only club. So they should just have a woman talk about it. Yeah, like why not have Brandy <laughs> come that. out and talk about it or something? Like it's yeah. it just seems so the complete opposite thing that they need to advertise this. So yeah. there's only one other thing on advertising I hate and I, I can't wait for this week's episode, but this week's Dynamite being uh, branded as an anniversary show. And it is rightfully the anniversary show but we already had an anniversary show about four months ago, five months ago. Maybe yeah, I, I think that was like that. a company anniversary yeah, or something. The, the company, first was like, like double or nothing. This anniversary. Every time you Google it, it just comes up with the results for like the one before. But obviously this week's show looks brilliant. So, really. so basically, AW, Gary has a message for you. Sort your anniversaries <laughs> out, write them down in a calendar and let them us know what they are, please. It's, it's like that <laughs> thing that um, when you're in a relationship and there's the anniversary of getting together and then getting, getting, <laughs> getting married. That's a... Uh, it's like, it's like the Queen, she's eight got two birthdays, you know. Her real birthday and her official birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the final put over for the night has got to be the in-ring debut of big old Willie Hobbs. Because he really yeah. looked great against Brian Cage. And it's, I think going in against someone as physical and as athletic as Brian Cage must be quite daunting. And Hobbs looked every bit as equal. And the little segment with Taz and stuff at the end was great. That that cage that cage Hobbs match was a Vince McMahon wet dream. Yep. Like um, I bet you Vince is so jealous of Vince Big Willie right now. Sitting there whacking one off for that match because you know that is two Vince looking guys in a ring with each other. I thought I thought the end was a bit shit though, and 
I'm assuming it's your match tonight as well, Alex, is it? No. Oh, right. Because okay. only because of the end and because I wanted to give uh, it to FTR versus TH2 only so I can ask the question, where the hell does the name the Hybrid 2 come from? And why did we have a tag team match that was abbreviation versus abbreviation? Yeah, no, I, that, that was a very good match as well. But um, It was I, really, really good. That's the thing, yeah. The end of the Hobbs cage match is weird. D- Darby Allen comes down with a skateboard and they, they both sh- Ricky Starks and Hobbs jump at the... Uh, sorry, cage jump at the ring. Oh, I didn't mention Ricky, Ricky Stark's shirt. Ricky Stark's shirt was amazing. Oh, but Kenny Omega had his... Yeah, yeah. He looked great. Kenny Omega had this cool cat neon shirt. So if anyone knows where to get that, please tell me and I will buy it. And also, a bit of a mention of Big Swole for her new, like, tux ring attire, which I thought was quite good. Oh, excellent. It wouldn't be wrestling after March without some fashion... It was almost an entire week and I didn't mention clothing. Thank you, Ricky Starks, and your very flamboyant shirt for bringing that back to my memory. No, I wonder it. if we get, um, because obviously with every title being defended next week, you wouldn't imagine they all stay on the champions. I'm wondering if we get Big Swole as champion and then Britt Baker coming back to continue that feud. Yeah, I think they've got one's got to drop realistically, I yep. think. It's been a while and it's we haven't had a TV drop since... Did Paige and Hangman win it on TV? No, uh, no. Sheeda won it on TV, did you not? Yes. Yeah, Sheeda won it on TV. Ah, I think that was the last yeah. one. I... Yeah. No, against Rio. No, it was against Rose. Yeah, yeah, it was against Rose. Uh, Alex, Rose. Big, big talking point from AEW this week. And to ask you about this is obviously Brody Lee dropping the belt which, in that dog collar match, which was pretty good and pretty brutal as well. What are I'm you not think? a fan of dog collar matches, so I kind of didn't mention it on purpose. Right. <laughs> But uh, it, yeah, that, that the one for me was dropping it right back on his first match back. It seems a bit silly, but I've heard a lot of good things about Brody backstage. They seem to be really high on him and for good reason too. So I think he's still come off looking pretty strong. And for me, I wouldn't have done it, but it's what it is. Do you think this is to build um, Cody to a heel, Gary? Look, he could drop it to Cassidy next week. I think uh... it's legitimately possible he drops it to Cassidy next week. I'm not sold on that. I would love it to happen, but I am. I was a bit annoyed by him winning it back. And I get it with this fool, you know, the new old character, the American Nightmare character. I just wish that I kept it on Brody Lee because I feel like even though Brody Lee still looked good in defeat, they, they still undid quite a bit of good work there by taking the belt off him after very short amount of time and putting it straight back on Cody Rhodes. So I'm a wee bit annoyed by it. I feel like it's slightly, I hate the word berries, so I'm not going to use that, but it slightly diminishes what they've done with, uh, with Brody and Dark Order over the last couple of months. So. Yeah. Needed a messier finish. Needed like mm, QT and aye. Dustin and everyone running in and just a stupid finish. That's what it needed. Unless we get, because I, I think... Um, I don't remember who it was. Was it maybe Alan Angels or something? One of them was putting on the dog collar and took a long time to put it on Brody Lee. So I think maybe we get a wee bit of an angle coming at there where, you know, he's like, oh, you didn't put the collar on right. It was too tight or something like that. Maybe something. But it's a, still a bit of a rubbish way to go about it. Well, Again, we'll I don't a really good promo next week of Brody, Kate, Brody Lee just ripping through the entire dark order. So Aye, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Might have some good payoff. No, hopefully, hopefully. Um, let's move on to NXT then. Um, I, I'm, I think this might be the, 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 
we're turning a corner here, boys. I think we might be just about to turn a corner on NXT. Um, we learned how to operate with half a roster, finally. <laughs> yeah. A uh, couple of cracking matches in here. Um, Champa versus Kushida, like, just thrown away in telly. Ember Moon returning. We have Ever Rising, the, the formation of Killian Dane and uh, Drake Maverick as a tag team, which looks like a lot of things. Austin Theory being a dickhead again. Um, Dexter Loomis coming back. Danny Burch versus Ridge Holland. We'll get on to that in a minute. Then GLE Shotzi. Things are happening. Things are moving. That, the, the, you know, Undisputed Era stuff's happening. It's interesting. Then we had the great tag with uh, Ember Moon making our um, return in ring as well. By the way, the Eclipse, how fucking good. I forgot how good a fucker that is. Mm. Jesus Christ, it's a good, isn't it? Very I'm not good. sure if it's just because it's been a while, but it looked even better than before. But it was just like, oh, man, I, uh, <laughs> it's like the best I, finisher ever. I, I, absolutely. Um, let's move on to the putovers then. Let's start with... Um, I'm going to put over... The, I, I like how they've been building the Demo and Spud um, <laughs> as this tag team. Just, it was, that music's phenomenal. The music in the entrance is yeah, amazing. We've seen it so many times of, you know, two mismatched people putting back, putting together, you know, but this, you know, this, I mean, Drake, Spud, whatever you like to call him, is just a brilliant, brilliant entertainer. He can do it in the ring, Big demo we know as well. He can do it in the ring as well. Not brilliant on the mic, but putting him with Spud and putting him in that dynamic, I think, is going to get the both of them over. You know, and like we have talked about, there's not enough of that comedy entertaining angle in wrestling anymore. So I just think that's great. The finisher of him just power bombing Spud onto the guy and then you know smashing him in the face at the end and then picking him up. The music, what the music was brilliant, just like some sort of generic lifted royalty free music from YouTube uh, to come to the ring to like some of our children's uh, show was great so the MV Breezango is going to be incredible if and when it happens oh yes that is that will that'll be great fun and I really hope that that, that happens I'm going to have to bury and this is quite a good bury I'm going to bury two things uh, but my first bury is Champa versus Kushida came out of nowhere right now wow intensity brilliant they need to find a wee bit more of a groove in the ring, but they just first match tonight. This Champa versus Kushida, what? And it, it was built upon, oh, something happened backstage. You know that was the build to the match. That for me shouldn't have been thrown away like that. You need a build to that. But you ask the question: Is that because of COVID? What's happened? You know, backstage maybe led to that. But Champa versus Kushida should be something that should be on NXT like a takeover show for me. And uh, I hope to see them fighting further down the line because. Kishida with this new strong style, aggressive style that he's you know known so well for in, in Japan, and um, looks really really good. And yeah, th- I thought they threw that away, but maybe again that's something to do with the, the, the COVID stuff. Um, I won't talk about Drake Maverick's fake tan because it puts fucking Donald Trump to shame. But uh, let's talk about <sighs> poor Rich Hall and the way I have to bury that. It's no one's fault, but just bury the fact this guy was obviously going to get. Pushed, was looking a lot better in the ring than that. You know, I initially buried him saying he looked a bit weak in the ring, but I thought he was coming on to a game. You know, obviously he was involved in a, an angle with TakeOver, dumping Adam Cole. They were obviously building to something there. And then suddenly, oh my God, that leg break. And I don't know if you've seen the screenshot of the, the leg going in there. Oh, 
it did not look very good. Gary, can you confirm me? I've not heard in terms of an injury update. It looked like a broken ankle, but... I there was several. I'm just going to get the, the actual correct term up here because I'd been told something and it turned out not to be completely accurate. Um, so I'd been told it was a broken ankle, which was, I think, the obvious one. Everybody got a dislocated knee and then it was that they'd popped his knee back in. But then that didn't turn out to be the whole story. Um, so WWE did issue an, a, a, like a proper statement on this. Um, I will just get it. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no doctor, but that definitely wasn't a dislocated knee the way his ankle oh, it, it was not. Uh, so that was the one that I didn't I decided not to run the report anyway, because like, I know we'll find out sooner rather than later, and I don't think it's right, and I don't want to be the person that puts up the wrong <laughs> the wrong um, story on it, because it's not the kind of thing you want to chuck in there. So I will just get the... Yep. So... Dislocation and fracture of left ankle, uh, patellar tendon rupture and patellar dislocation and underwent surgery for that. No idea what the time frame is when you combine all those injuries uh, because it is a fair, a fair few and I don't even know if the um, patellar rupture or, or anything like that is something that would be more affected or not by the ankle gone as well. I don't know if they, you know, if there's a combination of injuries if it makes it a whole lot worse or if it's just, you know, the longest one is the, the one that's going to take the longest. Uh, but I, the, just the video was horrendous. It's the kind of thing that looks really innocuous when you see it. Yeah. And then you, like his scream when you go back and hear the replay, man, the noise that he makes, you can tell it's a bad one. And yeah, but, oh, yeah. you're going to make me go back and watch, the, oh, the, listen you, to the scream now. Oh, oh you, Gary, you damn it. it. But it's the the screen, like the screen cap at the end, the one that's been floating about is just him lying on the stretcher with his thumb in there. And you're like, man, just to be able to do a thumbs up after like sustaining the injuries. Because obviously physically it would have been really painful, but considering you said Johnny was just coming onto a game, you know, he was definitely going to get pushed in the right direction. He was, he was going to the main event scene, it looked like. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that can derail it completely. He battered, before it all happened, he battered Danny Burch and Walker. He absolutely battered them. And, uh, and that, those two are known as hard arses in uh, that, NXT. That's why they were put in. Yeah, that's why they were put in with them. I think the best thing about it, though, is I think the referee's done everything brilliantly, not just for a safety standpoint. Obviously, they recognised the danger instantly and got everybody out of the way. But there was enough referees there that they also jumped and wiped Danny Burch out. So was it Danny Burch? So that it didn't take away from him being aggressive because he didn't show up a sign of worry or anything like that. Yeah, so they managed I, to yeah. Right, both storyline and safety-wise. Yeah, no, no. So, yeah, hopefully, best wishes to Richard. Hopefully, he can, he can get well soon. I mean, I think that's probably six to nine months, maybe a bit. At least. Aye, I, I six, six months. Yeah. He, he might be back before we have a vaccine. <laughs> oh, oh man we'll wait and see um, and I've got to pull over the turn of Loomis I, I love the guy there's so much potential there um, as a character and, and what he does and I thought he looked brilliant I thought again Austin Theory I think he's going to be you know like well, hang on John are you putting over an arsehole and a serial killer because I'm starting to question <laughs> your likes and dislikes here yeah no no I, 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 I think but I think Austin Theory is going to be great I think going forward again if we talk about the, the future of NXT you know that for me Loomis Austin Theory these kind of guys Cameron Grimes as well is looking great at the moment despite check out his beer belly by the way he's got a nice little beer belly going on as Cameron Grimes but yeah um, I think those are, are the future of, of the 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 show and 
yeah, I think it's maybe turned, started to turn the corner a wee bit. Um, but match tonight, I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, they threw it, threw it away for me, but Champa versus uh, Kushida for me. Um, Smackdown, did we all see Smackdown? Yes. Ish. I only really remember a bit of the, the, the actual in-ring stuff. I remember mainly the draft. I'll, but I'll remind you of what happened, Gary. In-ring, we had Sheamus versus Big E in a false count. Anything, lots of inconsistency. <laughs> but the right result. We got the right result at the end. The, yep, the big uh, push continues. Jeff and Matt versus uh, Miz and Morrison. Uh, we had Bailey versus Sasha, sort of, not really. I, I think you need to clarify that when you say Jeff and Matt, Matt Riddle. Well, you maybe need to clarify <laughs> that. Sorry, Matt Riddle. <laughs> it's a very good point. Hello. It could just be bro can Matt Riddle would be. He fucking mentions bro about everything else. He very good bro for the earth. Why not? What, the bro mission, the original bro, the floating bro. Um, bro. The, the, the bro man. No, what, the bro man? No, the, the bros are weights. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, New Day versus Cesaro and uh, Nakamura and The Fiend versus Owens. There's quite a bit of wrestling on it, but obviously we've had the draft going on in the background. Do you want to do the putovers, Gary, and I'll do the buddies? Oh, the first putover is probably also my match of the night, so I'll let you put your match of the night if you disagree with this one. But uh, The Fiend, that was the best Fiend match I've seen, even including the Daniel Bryan one. Um, I've been saying it for a while. I, think I really like Bray Wyatt in the ring, but under the mask, it seems like it has a, a wee bit of a problem. Uh, in terms of just putting on as good quality matches as they had in the past. Vision, sweaty face. It's as if these things interfere with your performance. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I think the mask is definitely something that doesn't quite um, help uh, when you're trying to put on a brilliant wrestling match and you've not been used to wrestling under a mask, but that match with Kevin Owens was brilliant. Two big guys that have, you know, a lot of stamina in the ring. I, I, I feel a bit of athleticism with it being, you know, luchadors, but I just thought that match was absolutely incredible. So I loved seeing that. And, you know, The Fiend's first match on television that's not been on a pay-per-view since he debuted. So quite good. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that. I'll move on to a buddy. Uh, I think we've got to buddy the fact that AJ Styles has a self-portrait of himself behind him when he was... <laughs> He was getting asked about the draft and he was sitting in front of a self-portrait of himself. I mean, what can a man has a self-portrait of himself on the wall? Jesus Christ, the AJ. A man that's being portrayed as an arrogant soccer mum. Well, that that is true. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bury that from AJ in, on this. And do you know what? Also, I'm going to bury, I'll bury Stephanie being put <laughs> over by Michael Cole for being on the Forbes list. I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, we don't need to know this. I mean, well done, Stephanie. You but know. did she not just share, sell a whole load of shares in WWE to get onto that? Oh, well, that's a rumour. You're starting, Alex. <laughs> well, I'm sure there was something about Stephanie and Shane selling the stock, but I'm just going to ramp that back in before I start any rumours. the words of Alex McRoberts and not John McAnally. If you... Oh, no, it came from Gary Casty inside the Rose exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Sorry, your sports key directly. Cole putting over the fact that Stephanie is on the Forbes list for the best head of market. And listen, well done, Stephanie. And that's a, a great accomplishment. Come on, we don't need to hear about our wrestling television. We really don't care. We don't care about the Forbes list. Can you do, can you do your promo next week on the Forbes list? Yes, I will. I will do that. And I, do you know what? Another quick buddy as well. I, you know, New Day getting the tight coming back. I know why they did it, you know, going forward and stuff, but it kind of, I know you don't like to, to, to say buddy a lot, Gary, but it puts Cesaro and Nakamura. What's the word you used? It diminishes them ever so slightly. It diminishes, <laughs> it diminishes Cesaro and Nakamura. 
I thought a little bit that they came back in and just went, but you know, you saw why it was done. You'll hate this, but I was really hoping they were going to split them in the draft. <laughs> I know we need I agree. I'm genuinely surprised that they were drafted together. And the same Aye. with Rude and Ziggler. Why are they now being drafted together? It doesn't make any sense. Inconsistency, Alex. Yeah. Yet again, the New Day in the last draft were con- uh, drafted as one unit, and then Big E is now separate from the New Day, apparently, and they were drafted as just tag team. So inconsistency, going back to what we were talking about earlier on. Have uh, you got our put over, Gary? I uh, last put over is a really simple one. The fact that Drew McIntyre was the first draft pick. There you go. Just whoop, whoop. Aye. <laughs> hey, this is Scottish sports. We're starting to get pretty good. I mean, we beat Slovakia. <laughs> we're, we're might get into the next fucking Euros. You never know. World Cup, sorry. It's all kicking off with Andy Murray and Drew McIntyre. They're the torchbearers for Scotland. Um, let's uh, move on to Raw last night. I've not seen anything apart from the draft, Gary. What happened apart from that? So if you guys both have your phones next to you, I'm going to send this uh, link to this gif before I put it over because I feel like it's not worth ruining for anybody until they see it. So hopefully the people listening to this have seen Raw. Um, but this was the highlight of Raw, the single best moment of Raw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like an Eddie Guerrero moment. That's fantastic, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> we are describing at the moment um, Ricochet... Uh, getting well, you're not supposed to be ruining it for people, are you? I thought that was the whole point. <laughs> I, I, I was just not ruining it for you guys because oh, okay, seen Rob. hopefully, we're getting people enough leeway that they will have seen Rob at the time this came out. Cesaro versus uh, sorry, Ricochet versus Alex, Cedric Alexander. Ricochet hits the mat with the chair, tosses it to Alexander, then falls brilliantly and very dramatically on his arm. Offer Eddie Guerrero, so very unlike Ricochet, so uh, that's brilliant. I love Fresh that. Prince of Bel Air esque, uh, the, the way that it falls. I just like it's the kind of thing that I knew the spot was coming the second that you know the way, the way they built it up, it was very obvious it was coming, but it was still the best spot of the night just for how much Ricochet put into it. I think it was the, the, the like just comedy that we've not seen for Ricochet and absolutely brilliant execution. So that is the the moment of Raw that was the, the first put over had to be. Um, Am I, can I be disappointed you didn't call him the uh, the Fresh Prince of Puma or something along those lines instead of <laughs> well, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? <laughs> well, um, that's the, the thing as well, and I'm not going to bury this, but there's a kind of wee bit of bury in it. <laughs> because um, the reason that match took place was because um, Ricochet had approached the Hurt Business and said, right, let's lay this to rest. You guys have been coming after me for weeks. If... I beat one of the members of the heart business tonight of your choosing, then you leave me alone. And if I beat you, oh, sorry, if you beat me, then I'll join the heart business. What that then became was when WWE put the graphic up, it was um, if Ricochet wins, heart business, leave him alone. <laughs> I'm like, that is just the, <laughs> just the, the, the it's like pure school bully, like playground type stuff. Uh, I'll leave Ricochet alone. So that was like st- restraining orders or something into wrestling. <laughs> Each wrestler is a lawyer. They come in, they impose their restraining order, so on and so forth. Ricochet's coming in next week. Just leave the poor body alone, would you? <laughs> it was just that. I, I, what are you doing? Kinda, I, don't, I don't know what the point was. But um, I, the, the first bury isn't that. The first bury's worse. Why, why would Raw draft retribution? Uh, I don't get it. Why would you choose to draft Retribution? Oh, we'll give these guys contracts. We gave them contracts and didn't draft them, surely. And so not only that. Pay them, you know, otherwise it's... 
they drafted them before Sami Zayn was drafted. I'm like, surely you just want all the champions in your brand. There's no rule against drafting every champion, so you might as well just draft all. And and no, not even that. The only the only name that got drafted that appeared on the graphic with their own font was Retribution as well. And I'm like. <laughs> Oh, just a very lame. Just Maybe it's like you get five people for one pick, even though well, it should be six, but it's now just five again, apparently. Aye, aye, I was going to say, well, they've already got rid of one of them without explaining that whatsoever. And also Mustafa Ali was meant to be actually on Raw to explain why he's aligned with uh, Retribution and they just didn't show up. Just, they just didn't, they pretended it wasn't a thing. <laughs> it just wasn't acknowledged at all. So everything they're doing with Retribution. Um, uh, John, would you, would you like to chime in with your word of the show, please? Uh, it is... What's the word again I'm looking for? Inconsistency. Oh, in, uh, yeah. oh sorry, inconsistent. I thought I was looking for uh, diminished again. But... <laughs> oh, no. Diminished would almost be applicable too. So. Yeah. Uh, and my other biddy's only a wee small biddy. Um, so that's a kind of half biddy. So there you go. Two halves are going to make up one biddy, I guess. Um, but the other one is the fact that we had the Women's Battle Royal Really good match. I really enjoyed it. I'm normally quite critical of these battle royals because it can be a wee bit clunky, especially when they're on TV and under a pretty strict time limit in the main event. But we just suddenly went to Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton backstage at a really inopportune time seeing them brawl. And I get it, it was for them to come through the crowd and stuff, but it just didn't make any sense. It was just a complete waste. Um, so I really didn't like that. Uh, but my, uh, my second put over... John's been saying uh, about incontinuity and inconsistency over the past uh, couple hours. WWE done it right a couple of times here. Uh, well, I say a couple, one and a bit. I mean, the, the other bit wasn't right. They just used it to hook us in. So one was Lana going through the announce table, which has happened, I believe, either the past four weeks or four out of the past five weeks. And everybody's like, oh, it's because, you know, WWE are mad at her husband for going to AEW. She's been punished. And then... They have Lana eliminate Natalia at the very end to become the number one contender to the Raw Women's Championship. And that was after a wee segment earlier where Natalia was saying, you know, this just isn't working for me. We need to split. You're holding me back. And then Lana gets the cup and say at the end. So that I thought was brilliant because it was continuity and that people were moaning every week about Lana going through the table. And then there was a seemingly a reason for it but the other bit of continuity which has the main put over is Elias returning which should be a put over in itself but Elias returned to attack Jeff Hardy obviously because of what happened on Smackdown but maybe not that obviously because you know happened a few months ago five months ago I think May it was and so most people will have forgotten about it even people that remembered, I remembered, but I didn't think WWE would remember and address it. But they did. Uh, they done a backstage interview with Elias where he said that he's going to be doing a concert next week, which will definitely be my put over for next week before I even see it. Um, but he's going to be doing a concert. He's going to be releasing an album. He got asked, why did you attack Jeff Hardy? And he's like, he's the reason I was off TV. He's the reason I got put in hospital because he's drink driving. And they did kind of say, well, you know, it wasn't Jeff Hardy and stuff like that. But Elias was obviously full heel mode going, as far as I know, it was Jeff Hardy, so he's the person I was taking the um, the retribution out on. Plus, is uh, Sheamus not still on SmackDown? So, I mean, that would just be logistically difficult. He's now on Raw. He's been drafted um, to Raw, so there well, you maybe go. That's so, it might that... be the, the storyline. So, we're getting some kind of continuity. Maybe from a bad storyline in the first place, but it's still continuity. So, it was good. The one uh, storyline they keep up is the Jeff Hardy drinking storyline. Clearly, Elias didn't have a telly in the hospital, so he didn't... <laughs> he didn't have... And, uh, 
match of the night is two people that I've not even mentioned, but I already mentioned that one of them had a match of the night on SmackDown. Kevin Owens, Alistair Black, they had a street fight and it was absolutely incredible. Um, maybe, it depends if I'm going to count if takeover still counts, then it wouldn't be match of the week. But if it, it, it you know, if takeover doesn't count, then it was match of the week. It was absolutely brilliant. Well, takeover um, wouldn't count. It was eight oh, it's nine days ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, there we go. So match of the week was definitely uh, for me, Alistair Black versus Kevin Owens in a street fight on Raw because we've not seen a good match on Raw for a while. This was fantastic. Great. Well, you can put that forward if you want to for the Dafties this month. Um, you can hear that uh, bonus podcast right now if you jump back a couple of shows. Get that on every podcast service. Um, and if you want to get your buddies and put over for Rab and Gradle, Rab is back. His teeth are fine, so he's going to be back on the main show this week and not me swearing. Um, so you'll get that. You can put over your buddies and put over by just heading to our social media channels and you'll get them at Wrestling Daft on Twitter, Instagram, it's Wrestling Daft Podcast and just Wrestling Daft on the old Facebook. Get your Wrestling Daft merch now. I don't know what that song was. It was just a thing that I made up. Um, you can get lots of Wrestling Daft merch and you can do that by heading to shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash Wrestling Daft. Now, we have been very lax getting new t-shirts up recently. Um, I will be working on that. I'm short of a designer at the moment, but we'll get on that because we've got a few ideas of t-shirts we want to get up. But for now, you can get some brilliant catchphrases from the show, such as chips, cheese, and doner meat. You can get that there. You've got Margaret, there's the fiend, which is very cool. It has a little red light bulb on it. You can get I'm a Mark, my personal favourite, in tribute to this show and also to the fact that Gradle went up to Ric Flair in a toilet and said, I'm a Mark. And um, We've also got one from Gradle from when episode 25, when Alexa took on Grado when he tried to find out Alexa, who is Graham Steveway and it didn't have a clue. You can also get bum bags up there, you can get face masks, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of stuff and I've just set off my Alexa there. Um, and remember, you can do that all by just heading right now, uh, go there, shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. you get all the links on our Facebook, on our Twitter, at wrestling daft. you want to get involved with it, but get on board. Buy yourself a t-shirt, buy yourself a bum bag, buy yourself something at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. There we go. The next t-shirt should be Davina McCall saying don't say fucking or buried. (laughs) 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 It's the wrestling news with Inside the Ropes, Gary Cassidy. Or I like that new edition. Yeah, I just, I just thought I'd, you know, put you over that way. <laughs> Lead writer, Gary Casty, may I add, um, who's been... What kind of news have you had? You've had a couple of nice little news bits this week, haven't you, Gary? Aye, a few bits and bobs. One of them kind of half... It didn't really get buried as such, but it was a bit of a, you know, a vague one that I'd put... Anyway, obviously, the, uh, the Thunderdome uh, extension has happened, so I'd put out the, the WWE had told talent to prepare to start travelling because they might be gone elsewhere, but also that I'd reached out to somebody else and they said, essentially, knowing these words, but they hinted that it might have been a negotiation tactic. Um, turns out they've signed a four-week extension. So yeah, well, it was the kind of thing where I had to go back and say, look, I did say that, you know, it might not be an immediate move, but they are looking at plans, which Triple H addressed as well, and, you know, Fight Forward corroborated it, so it's fine. Um, but I not, not really much else. A few things that I'd been told about, uh, you know, a certain 
couple of people moving in the draft, uh, but I decided not to report on them because, you know, if it changes last minute, I look like a dick. <laughs> and if it comes true, then it's just, it looks like a simple guess. So it's um, a bit of a, a, bit of a rubbish one. But uh, apart from that, it was... I don't know if we spoke about it last week. WrestleMania going to the Raymond James yeah. Stadium in Tampa, I think we did. So, yeah, the, the WrestleMania Wars. Aye. So, aye. Let's kick off with what you're saying about the Thunderdome there. So it looks like the WWE are going to be there for another wee while, isn't it? Yeah, so it was contract was meant to end on Halloween. Um, I don't think for any reason other than it was the end of two months. Uh, so they started the contract at the start, uh, sorry, at the end of a month and then start of a month. Either way, one day difference. Uh, but they started it two months ago and from the 31st of October. So that would have been the end of their initial contract, two month tenure. We've spoken a lot about uh, how they brought in uh, the famous group, I believe is the name of the company, to do all the screens and stuff like that. So I don't know how much investment was there, how much they'd have to uh, wipe all that out to take to another venue, how much would go to another venue. But they're not going to have to because they've signed a four week extension that was broke by uh, Mike Johnson, a PW insider. Um, essentially just saying that Ron Smackdown will be for the Amway Centre for, uh, from now until the end of November. No idea about December yet. Obviously, NXT is emanating from uh, the formerly known Performance Centre that's still known as the Performance Centre, but not when it's hosting NXT programming. Um, but I, uh, John Alba was the one that a few months ago had said that the two-month deal was uh, raking the Amway Centre in $450,000. Don't know what the new deal is. I don't think the finances have been put out there yet, but you'd have to imagine it's got to be half of that, maybe just under if they've renegotiated in different terms. I think the NBA starts again in January. So I think the only extension they could maybe do after this might be for another month. I'm not certain on that, but I think if they were to extend again, it would only be until January because I think that's when NBA is back. So. I think I think you're right, and I think we need to give a quick congratulations to the LA Lakers for taking that title down in honor of Kobe Bryant and the uh, good uh, part Liverpool owner uh, LeBron James. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. LeBron yeah. James, part Liverpool. Ah, uh, he's got uh, he's got a, a small stake in Liverpool, and that's why Liverpool. And he wears Liverpool tops all the time, and that's why. Oh, really? I did not know guy. that. I did not know that. He's got pointless to say I'm a Lakers fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk then about the return of Lars Sullivan returning to SmackDown. Boo! <laughs> boo! Boo! Having a fucking nightmare. Aye, so obviously we've spoken about what happened with Lars Sullivan before he got injured, before he went off TV. A lot of things came up about various things he'd said on forums and message boards and, and certain videos that he'd appeared in as well, but no one to judge on the latter. The videos. Yeah. The videos. Oh, that's the best thing I've heard about Lars Sullivan all day. Continue. I, I don't I, see. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the videos until you compare them to the stuff that it said on the message boards, and then it gets a bit that's, messy. That's, that's but, quite uh, funny, isn't it? <laughs> but um, but aye, so he's back, and I think it took about two days before some more allegations came out, and. You know, I'm, I'm saying allegations for a legal standpoint, but the photos are out there if anybody does want to go see them, covered by various outlets, even, I think, just being shared broadly across social media at this point. Uh, but yeah, Lars Sullivan allegedly had um, had been DMing, I believe, a personal trainer, uh, someone who has some kind of fitness regime anyway that they sell. Um, so he, Lars Sullivan had allegedly been a customer of uh, of this person, had bought the fitness regime, and then had allegedly uh, complimented the woman's legs and sent 
uh, a request for booty picks. Um, not in relation to my pirate match that I <laughs> that I, I put on Fantasy Booking Island a few Golden weeks ago. Pearls. More along the lines of the booty that I think was one of the putovers from uh, Sunny Kiss by Alex uh, on AEW a few weeks ago. But there we go. So, uh, yep, those DMs have made it kind of into the public domain. Uh, I think also it's worth noting the the, the woman rebuffed the, the claims, uh, not the claims, but rebuffed the messages, was very open about the claims, um, admitted that that's Lars Sullivan had sent those messages to her. And she had shared messages where she even refunded him the amount of the, uh, whatever it was, yoga regime or fitness regime, refunded him back the amount he'd paid and blocked him. <laughs> so so there you go. Uh, but yep, WrestleVotes have commented on it, which is the news. We've went a long way, a shortcut and said allegations a lot to get to this statement. So they've said that WWE is aware of the situation, uh, but that Lars Sullivan does have a few supporters uh, but few uh, supporters, but a few anyway. Um, he's got a few supporters in WWE, maybe not a lot, but that some of those supporters are the important decision-making supporters. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and worth noting WrestleVotes as well, just because we always talk about how credible they are. One thing's just came to mind that they said on Thursday or Friday um, that Drew McIntyre would stay on Raw, Roman Reigns would stay on SmackDown, but Seth Rollins would go to SmackDown and that The Fiend would go to Raw. So, Pretty big, you know, draft call for them to get right. Uh, so just to reinforce their legitimacy, because we always mention them on here. So it's it a really good uh, retribution. Retri- I can't even say that word. They're good at what they do. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on. We had a bit earlier on, but retribution are now a member down. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so we don't know if. I think she was going to be called retaliation as far as the reports that came out are, but it never even got to that point. We saw Mercedes Martinez. I think she was one of the few mainstays in between the very first time we've seen Retribution up until the the last time we saw her with them. Um, But yet she's gone. She's no longer part of Retribution. Uh, Mustafa Ali posted a photo last week that only had the five members, including him. So not with her. And then PW Insider, again, uh, really legitimate, obviously breaking a lot of big news, like the Amway Centre one we've just mentioned. They've reported that she's been moved back to NXT, which is a bit of an odd terminology because I don't think she was ever moved off of NXT because even in Retribution, we saw her in a cage match in a a main event. We've just not seen her since. But it looks like that's going to happen. And there's also just been one bit of breaking news while we've been here. Not really massive news, but Andrade has tweeted. Um, he has been left out of the, the draft, as we mentioned earlier. And Andrade has taken to Twitter to just say thank you, forward slash gracias, and posted a couple of uh, fist emojis like that. So who knows what he's going to be doing next? Obviously very open to interpretation. A lot of people seem to think he's left the company. There's no mention of WWE anywhere in his uh, bio, apart from his handle. But... I wouldn't think that's the case. I don't know, so don't quote me on that. Uh, I don't think that's the case, but either way, speculation is rife. So let's see. Uh, I wonder if they wouldn't put him back to NXT, would they? Maybe. He was a big deal in NXT. Oh, man. Have him in Legado del Fantasma. Oh, that's, there you go. That's the way to do it. Have him as the NXT champion. Get him to take on Balor and then have a... 
Santos Escobar is the Cruiserweight champion. Sorted. But um, it's worth noting as well, Andrade's last few tweets are all WWE tweets. He's retweeted Charlotte Flair going to uh, Raw, and he's also um, posted, like, the last one was, again, yesterday, but it was just a red circle and a blue circle, a question mark, and then somebody replied with the NXT logo. A few people replied with that. But I so... Goodbye uh, isn't quite the message that he said, um, as a lot of people are taking it. He's literally just said, thank you, slash gracias, but could, could be thanking anybody for it. And maybe somebody's brought my delivery or some avo in his uh, bag. <laughs> that, that's a good, that's good <laughs> shout. Uh, regardless of the Phantasma, that is a very good shout. Um, I think that would be a good move for him because uh, he's just been floating about the, the mid card and on the, the main roster, not really getting a look in. Um, so yeah, no, cool. Um, that'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Uh, Gary, thanks as ever for the news. Thank you. Ah, welcome once again to Fancy Booking Island. All three of us on the island now. The three towels have been laid down on the beach as we leave the decision of the booking in your hands. Uh, first of all, we've got to give a shout out to one of Gary's previous fantasy bookings um, after Stu Bennett, aka Wade Barrett, was doing an interview for BT Sport and is basically setting up a match with Drew McIntyre, which is Gary booked it weeks and weeks ago and has booked it for months because it's the only booking he goes to. He's all after. Finally, finally going to see if it is a good booking. No, we'll probably know. It's probably just one of those ones where they're a wee bit, generate a wee bit of interest through interviews. But, you know, Alex McCarthy, a good friend of our show, uh, has been on before. He retweeted it and said, this would sell at Wembley. So... Yeah, he's saying it, I'm taking it as a win. I don't care. Well, what there, was, there was meant to be a UK pay per view, so what? Why not start building to that now? Put it on when we're allowed to return to shows, and then you've got that bit of tape to go back to to start building the match for Drew versus Wade. Um, and like you say, that would be a massive match. That would be if they were to do a UK pay per view, that would be the headline match, you know, and. Uh, you know, it harks back to the Bulldog versus Bret Hart at Wembley. So, and then whoever wins, you just have Tyson Fury come out, knock them out with a punch, and knock <laughs> away and set up the next one. There you go. So, who knows? Your dreams may come true, Gary. Uh, so, last week we were asked to book a new title on any promotion that we fancied. Um, Gary, you went for what we're going to call the Brexit belt. <laughs> yeah, I like so the Brexit I, belt. I hope the uh, Brexit belt won. I don't really like the title as much as I did when I said it at first, but I, I do still like the idea of Walter winning the UK Championship because of Brexit and making the, his own European Championship. <laughs> so, Alex, what did you go for? I went for the good old-fashioned six-man tag team championship in AEW. Yep, and I went off the back of Vince uh, coining all the money off a cameo in Twitch. I went for the Twitch champion. With 86% of the vote, it's a landslide for the one and only Gary Cassidy. There you go. <laughs> this is the first I mean, time I've ever cheered for Brexit. <laughs> it's been a while, but at least that is a, a big win to, to get me back in the, the contention somehow, because it's been a long time. <laughs> a so once again, we throw out to you uh, on Twitter and on our Patreon what you want to, us to book. Uh, and this week, the suggestion comes from Ben McDougall, who says, book a draft between promotions between WWE, AEW, and Impact. Each promotion gets three picks at the other two promotions. It can be male, female, 
or tag. There you go. So we've got three minutes to book that. Don't know if we'll need that. Gary, you've won by a landslide. Who do you want to go first this week? Let's go John first and Alex second. And I don't think I've ever taken the last pick, but I've not written anything down, so I'm taking it. <laughs> Just... Actually, I've written down something this week, believe it or not. I'm, let me consult my notepad because I've done everything in pen and paper this week. <laughs> Do we are we scared when John has notes or that was, that was as well? That was like two full pages. <laughs> notes on SmackDown. Um, <laughs> okay, right. Okay, start the timer, Alex. Right, I'm going to kick off with Impact now. Impact. The big problem, and I've thought about this logically, is Impact needs eyes on the product. Product. That's the one thing Impact needs because it's a great wrestling show, a great promotion. All it needs is eyes on the product. So, for Impact's choice on the draft, they are going to take Roman Reigns from the WWE. They are going to take Chris Jericho from AEW. And I think she's still under a WWE contract, though that might have to be uh, confirmed. They're going to take Ronda Rousey into Impact so they can get a mainstream audience. How do they got three picks? I thought the whole point was you got two picks. No, each, 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 each uh, promotion gets three picks. Oh, so it was two picks. Oh, well, carry on. Uh, okay, so... I'm also confused as to whether it's three picks from each promotion or just three picks all in from the two combined. Oh. I thought it was just two picks. I've been a fool then. Sorry. Carry on, John. Carry on. I'll read out Ben McDowell's book a draft between the promotions between WWE, AEW and Impact. Each promotion gets three picks at the other two promotions. Well, so I didn't read that. combined from both or three <laughs> each? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> cool, carry on. Right, I'll carry on. Right, okay. <laughs> I hope there's Three a minutes are up. <laughs> okay. Now on to AEW. Now the big problem with AEW is its women's division. Are we? Can, do we agree on that? I think you're burying uh, AEW by saying that, John. I think you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> WWE bias. WWE bias. So AEW is problem is the women's division. So they are going to take Charlotte and they are going to take Sasha from WWE and put them into AEW. But that leaves them with one more pick and they are going to pick a man who deserves a push, has been absolutely not recognised by Forest Talents in WWE and would be brilliant on AEW. They are going to take Cesaro as well. So Sasha, Charlotte and Cesaro all going to AEW. And now on to the WWE. What is the weakest point of the WWE at the current moment? The tag teams. teams. So they are going to take from AEW the Young Bucks. They are the part owners of the company. They're also going to take the Lucha Brothers and they are going to take from Impact Motor City Machine Guns and re-establish the tag team division in WWE. That is my pitch. I stand by them. Thank you very much. Can, can we have that tag team division, please? Yes, but then Street Profits will be in about it, the media will be in about it. That would be a nice tag team division. So that's my picks. You're up next, Alex. Okay, so I've went a slightly different route from John and I've misread the booking. So what I've done instead is given everyone two picks and they get one pick from each of the other organisations. So, AEW, I went the exact same route as John and I'm going to strengthen the women's division. And how do you do that? By getting the best female wrestler of all time, Charlotte Blair. So that, and the looks of Gary, we're all picking this. So my impact selection is going for a slightly different reason, because in my opinion, she is perhaps the greatest female character in wrestling just now, and I love her. Sue Young. 
I think she's great. I think she'd throw that in. And because she's a free agent, they'd also sign Tessa Blanchard here and then have a really strong women's division. Moving on, um, WWE. So their pick from AEW would be Maxwell Jacob Friedman, only for the backstage segments between MJF and all of the legends. Like imagine him bantering with like Stone Cold and Ric Flair and all that backstage. It'd be terrific. The promo version of Randy's legend killer years would be great. And their pick from Impact would be the big man. It'd be Moose because he deserves it. And imagine the entire WWE crowd going, Moose, Moose. And you can go and drop him in with the Hurt Business and then he can start a Hurt Business Civil War with Bobby Lashley. You've got storyline there. It would be great. And finally, on to Impact. So their AEW pick. I scratched my head on this one for a little bit as I wanted someone who I think would fit into the product and bring eyes and who's also not really being used. So I'd move over Joey Janela because I think he's got a really good following. He's not really used as much as he could be on AEW, and I think he'd be a big deal in Impact. Also think of the hardcore matches between him and Callahan would be would be lovely, and it would give him kind of that edge back. And finally, the final pick for Impact would be the man to come across and carry the brand, Claudio Castiglinetti. Cesaro. Cesaro, John. I guess, yeah. But he wouldn't be called Cesaro because he's not in WWE anymore. He'd go back to his own name, which he used to wrestle under ROH, because he could legitimately be their world champion and do so well over there. I think he'd be phenomenally good. He would be, he would get that kind of classic WWE impact rub, but done well. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's right, Gary. You might jotted something down. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out the order I go in, but I think uh, I think I've got it. I think I'm going to be a mark and put a pack last. <laughs> Start the timer, Alex. Ding ding ding. So as we've mentioned, WWE definitely lacking tag teams. So I've picked two tag teams to go into WWE. One would be Motor City Machine Guns, of course, but the other one would have to be the Rascals from Impact. Impact already they got a stack division. Pluck a couple out. Who cares? The Rascals obviously also a trio, so uh, I think they would have some brilliant rivalries with the New Day if they got them back together, or even just as a tag team with uh, Street Profits would be brilliant. However, I've went a selfish way for the last WWE pick. Darby Allen, get him in WWE. I would absolutely love to see him with WWE production values on his entrance, and maybe, maybe toning down the act a wee bit so he doesn't absolutely kill himself before he gets to 40 years old. Um, but and that's how you get him in Tony Hawk's as well, Gary. Exactly, there we go. That's the exact way to get the mainstream <laughs> eyes on him. Um, so, AEW, obvious problem. We all know who my first pick's going to be because already been said, and my hand went to my head uh, as soon as it was said. Charlotte Flair. I'm also going to take the assumption on this that Tessa Blanchard is a free agent, maybe in AEW, so that would be the obvious match I would want there. But we still want to beef up the division a wee bit. So we're adding two more names, one for WWE, one for Impact. Rhea Ripley, uh, I think putting her in a division that had Charlotte Flair and maybe Tessa Blanchard, Britt Baker, uh, would be great. And I was dithering over the Impact name. I was very close to picking Diona Perrazzo, but I think Jordan Grace in AEW would be the name I would want to see added to that division. I think even if Tessa Blanchard wasn't there, Charlotte Flair, Jordan Grace, Rhea Ripley would you know, be able to build a women's division around that with what's already there anyway. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Ah, yeah, that, that is your women's division. You don't need anyone else. But there we go. And for impact, I've cheated a wee bit with my last pick, but well, I'm going to go with it anyway. 
So Impact, I'm definitely putting Miro there because I think he'd have been a slightly better pick for Impact than he would have been for AEW anyway. Spoke about somebody that would go and be a world champion straight away. He would be brilliant. And I think there's a lot of kind of big guys there that he could wrestle. Although there are in AEW as well. There are now. Good stuff. Yeah, I know that we got into the good stuff. The second name I'm putting on Impact is AJ Styles. Get cheat, him back cheat, there. cheat, 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 cheat. <laughs> Get him back there with the club because that's uh, the one that I could live off of because I interviewed <laughs> Gallows and Anderson in the <laughs> same when it came back. Get him there. But my final pick that's probably going to be the one where I'm uh, taking the piss ever so slightly. Impact are drafting over a faction, but the faction don't actually exist anymore. Eric Young is bringing back Sanity. We get Nicky Cross, Killian Dane, and Alexander Wolfe. And he's already got Madman Fulton there as well, previously known as Sawyer. So we're getting Sanity realigned and Impact, because I think they could just run over the full roster completely. So there we go. I second all of those. Decent. I think it's quite a hard decision this week, boys. And we've all went for Charlotte to AEW. But um, I think... How do you solve the, the problem? You bring in the best women's wrestler in the world and Charlotte is the best women's wrestler in the world. Absolutely. Alex has just done himself out of 10 votes there at least. <laughs> I'm okay with that. If it's because they don't agree with me, then they're fucking idiots. <laughs> I agree. I had to drop the big F-bomb there just to, for a bit of... Apologies, Stevie. Um, <laughs> lost his vote too now, shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's what you've got to vote on for next week. You've got Gary's, Alex, myself, all our draft picks. We'll get all the details up on the Patreon. So get on board now. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling draft. You can vote on who had the best fantasy booking island choice this week. And we'll see you this time next week back on the island. <laughs> So that's it for the marks this week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That really helps us get up those charts and beat our current position of, I think, number the 13th most listened to wrestling podcast in the UK. I might have just made that up. I think we've went down too much. Never mind. Uh, remember, we go twice a week. Rab's back on the main show. You won't have to put up with me and my swearing. Uh, we'll get Rab and Gradle back there on Friday. On the list of wrestling daft, they will be talking about... Now, I was very surprised that this actually won out. Um, we put up the best moments of Dynamite because it's the anniversary of Dynamite because we know AEW has two birthdays. Um, and... Ian, one of our listeners, suggested we should talk about the best sellers in the business. And it's actually the best sales, sellers in the business that won the vote. So John, John decided just to, because we hate AEW that we're just going to go with best sellers anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All these votes are actually rigged. Oh, no, someone <laughs> made more patrons because of like AEW, I'm so apologies. But yeah, best sellers in the business. Who is it for you guys? So the first name that came to mind isn't actually the name that I'm going to go with. My first name was Bret Hart for the turnbuckle um, cell that he, I think he was the innovator of. The second one that came to mind was Dolph Ziggler, um, because I think he could get a good match at anyone, anyone. But the best seller ever for me is Brock Lesnar, because I don't think anyone can put over somebody by selling for them as much as Dolph, eh, Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> as much as Brock Lesnar can. I think we've seen it during the Royal Rumble this year. I, he made Drew look like a star, so I think I... Brooklyn, yeah, as well. I mean, that's a great, what a great shout that is, Alex. Can you, eh, sorry, Gary, can you beat that, Alex? 
Well, the two I would go for would more be for like a couple of honourable mentions for single occasions. One would be a certain Shawn Michaels uh, Hulk Hogan match <laughs> in the overset. But Michaels is always class. But my favourite sell of all time has got to be The Rock taking a Stone Cold stunt. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then on the back of that, the worst sell of all time is Vince McMahon taking a Stone Cold stunt. <laughs> no, 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 no. Goldberg with uh, anything. <laughs> <laughs> Which don't count Goldberg. He can't sell. It's not part of his. It's not part of his gimmick. So yeah. So uh, get your best sellers. Who do you think's the best at selling? Get that into Rab and Grado for this week's show. We'll have plenty of other stuff. We're talking about. Oh, the the Grado set us up last week. We're talking about Gary. You'll love this one. Uh, Covid-related wrestling puns. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> I think the best one I've seen is from Scott uh, so far, which is Coffee Kingston. No, it's quite good. Oh, I don't know because like the best one I've seen so far was the Great British Bake Offs one. Was it was it uh, not eat cake and stay safe or whatever? And they just ripped off the whole Boris Johnson thing and had uh, Matt Lucas. I feel I need to find that now. Give me a second. Right, okay, right, wrestling. We're looking. We're not looking for Bake Off. Uh, <laughs> this one was funny. Okay. <laughs> we don't talk about no. it unless you want to. Sammy Zayn likes uh, Great British Bake Off. He made a point of saying that on Twitter a few nights ago, so it's kind of relieved. No, we, we should talk about this. What That was a very bizarre thing. Sammy Zayn. Here it is. Here it is. It's Stay Alert, Protect Cake, and Save Loaves. Very good. Hilarious. Very Absolutely right. hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Anyway, if you've got any wrestling ones, Alex, not Bake Off COVID related ones, get them in for Rabbit Grado uh, for this week. Uh, and we'll be talking about that on the show as well as lots of other things uh, remember get on our Patreon we've talked about it enough patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft to be supporting the show um, video version is up there uh, want to get round to that and uh, remember get yourself a t-shirt bum bag a face mask whatever you want to do shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft um, thank you Alex have we got all we, the campaign to get Alex to 70 are we up we're changing now. It's the campaign to get John to watch Bake Off when we finish recording this episode. Well, it's the campaign to get it to 100. Where are we at on the Twitter? I've seen, I've seen a couple coming through, but I don't think I've quite hit it. We will check. We will right. check. I did have a Twitter conversation the other day about New Japan, so John, you should be so proud. Hey, oh, well done. Well done. That's your gimmick. That's your gimmick. Gary, where can we get 86. 86. 14 more to get to the century. Come on, Alex. Where can you get you, Gary? Yeah, Wrestling Gary on Twitter where I'm just sharing everything that I do because I'm a mock. Are you after Twitch now? Are you still doing the Twitch? Nah, I've gave up on that. I can't be bothered with it. It was eating up too much time before Raw and Smackdown and then there was a wee point where I wasn't staying up for Raw and Smackdown so I wasn't staying up to talk about them before not watching them. So I've just uh, gave it a miss. We'll see if I maybe um, invest in some aviation software. Maybe I'll go back on it since that. Is <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that just a two fingers up to Vince and his... <laughs> Uh, so yeah you can get Gary at Wrestling Gary you can get me at Producer Mac thank you very much for listening until next time keep marking out Audio Frontier